Friday. A hearty congratulations to Jerry Falwell as he has now graduated to heaven. He has to really actually be, uh, and the people who follow him have to be very happy about this. This is what, you know, if you are a devout, you know, Christian, this is what you wait for, your chance to move on into heaven. Uh, yeah, he is a television evangelist. The Reverend Jerry Falwell founded the Moral Majority. He died today after being found unconscious in his office at Liberty University. He was at the age of 73. Now, he had survived two previous health scares in 2005. He was in the hospital for two weeks with what was described as a viral infection, then hospitalized a few weeks later after going into respiratory arrest. And then he also has 70% blockage in an artery, uh, which they wow. opened uh, with the stents, uh, which, of course, we all know about. And I'm a, on a side note, we're happy that our buddy Fezzi is, uh, is feeling He's sounding terrific, too. So what kind of irks me about this, and mm -hmm. this has always driven me nuts about people who are real devout in their faith. Yeah. Why go through all the medical care in 2005? You had three times that it looked like God wanted to take you up, and you fought it. You literally fought God to stay on this earth for an extra two years. Why? I don't get it. To me, the point of being either a Christian or a Muslim or something like that is to make it to that afterlife. You don't want to be here on earth. Earth is a cruddy. It's but if no you're good. someone like, uh, like Falwell... He is a person who is a leader. He leads the people. He's able to convert more people on earth and uh, maybe do more good and then go up to heaven when he really needs to. See, that's the story that's always told. I don't buy it. I think a lot of these guys secretly love the life that they have. He, oh, of course. He certainly had a great existence when you think about it. I'm sure he had a lot of money. He had a college. He had a whole empire, essentially. Why would you want to leave that to just go be another soul? Oh, he's Up not going to be another soul. He's going to be the right-hand man. Are you saying God needed an HR director? What, what's going on right now is uh, the, the rapture starting, Please I think. Don't. Please. I think the rapture starting, left behind, is going on right now, and they're taking the best ones first. Jerry Falwell, he's going up there. They need people to do the interviewing for the rapture, and he's going to be a nice HR person for Jesus Christ. Here's the thing about this rapture that you speak of. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, in 1988, there was this book, The 88 Reasons Why the Rapture's Happening in 1988. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what the rapture is, Really? Mm -hmm. And I've been sitting here for the last almost 10 years now? The thing about the rapture, I guess, is that's where Christ comes back and he takes his souls up to heaven. Then the apocalypse kind of starts. That's what I gathered in everything that I fell asleep in when I was in Sunday school. But this book came out, and I was so scared and afraid because I was in the sixth grade, mm -hmm. and I was at my special uh, class uh, for Talented and Gifted. And I'm sitting in the lunchroom. And I'm looking around for three days, waiting for this rapture to happen, waiting for all the kids next to me to disappear. I knew I wasn't going to go because I wasn't a believer, even at the you know in the sixth grade. Oh, you weren't. I didn't. Why did you go to uh, Sunday school and all that kind of stuff, then? Mom, mom dragging me along, trying to get a little uh, religion into me. All right, but if you believed so much, people were going to start disappearing and everything. Why wouldn't you convert? I mean, it, that makes me think that you were, were a believer in uh, Jesus and the rapture and all that kind of stuff. If you were actually thinking, these people next to me are going to start disappearing, and I'm going to be left here uh, with the mark of the beast. Uh, now, here's the thing about it, though. When you're a kid, you don't know. I mean, I'm sitting there trying to figure all this stuff out in my head. I don't understand... You were in a special class, so it does take a little while for you. It was, uh, it was Long division and Christ take a little bit longer for you than the normal kid. It was talented and gifted. Now, I will say this. I was hoping a couple of the people at the lunch table left because some brownies looked good back then. Back when I was chubby, as opposed oh, to yeah, now. now. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, completely different now. Jerry Falwell. Now, Dubs, uh, CNN has given us a little download. Son of an alcoholic who sold bootleg whiskey during Prohibition. Father of a movement to restore America as God's country. A big thinker from small town Virginia, growing his 35-member Thomas Road Baptist Church into a congregation of thousands, and then millions as the fundamentalist reverend raised on radio preachers pioneered a new evangelism, the TV pulpit, beaming his old-time gospel hour into American homes, turning living rooms into pews. All right, I did not know that he was the original founder of that whole gimmick. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there was people on the radio doing all that kind of stuff, but he uh, really brought it to the television. So before, what was it, Swagger 
and all those guys, it all started with Falwell. Basically. Bringing church through television into Mm -hmm. the home. Yeah, there's all these networks now who do the same exact thing. He really started it all. So growing up as a kid, he's the one I got to blame for not having anything cool on Sunday mornings to be able to watch. Definitely. Wow. Jerry Falwell said he found Jesus in 1952. He found politics in 1979, forming the moral majority to lobby against abortion rights, gay rights, pornography, and a host of social issues. Okay. Basically lobbying against fun. Anything fun, Falwell was against. So you include abortion in that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. you, you got to have some joys out there. Download. To lobby against abortion rights, gay rights, pornography, and a host of social issues. He claimed credit for helping elect Ronald Reagan and a string of officials down the government ladder. A visionary to conservatives. Always provocative. AIDS, he said, was God's punishment to homosexuals. Why are we even, are, are even people, celebrating this man? Why are why are people uh, giving him the time of day on major networks like CNN? What's crazy is that he built an empire on saying this stuff. He, he was a shock yeah, jock. He was the original shock jock. Wow. I think we have a lot to uh, thank for this man. Another shock jock goes down. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell. AIDS, he said, was God's punishment to homosexuals. September 11th, that was God's punishment, too, unleashed on the America of abortionists, feminists, pagans, and gays. All right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, he is uh, very current with his hate as well. I mean, he's not, it wasn't all way back there when he was going against abortion. He's pretty current. And let me say this. That's why as a kid, when I was in the sixth grade, Mm -hmm. I had a real tough time believing in this, this heaven that they talk about because I knew people like this who could spout these sorts of hateful things. And if this guy is getting to go up there, I don't want to go. It's not a place that I want to be. And if he's getting to go there, I'm definitely getting to go there for not doing that and, uh, you know, just living a decent life. I don't Wow. I I forgot he said the stuff about 9-11. September 11th, that was God's punishment, too, unleashed on the America of abortionists, feminists, pagans, and gays. Through the decades, his targets range from terrorists to Teletubbies. First toting, lovably lavender Tinky Winky was an agent of the homosexual agenda. <laughs> you never heard that before? Okay, yes, but I thought this was like different guys within this <laughs> no, movement that had done all this. He's the major brain behind most of the stuff. Give him the shot. All right, let's. I'm a real fast. Let's go through his little resume real fast. Okay. All right. He claimed credit for helping elect Ronald Reagan and a string of officials down the government ladder. A visionary to conservatives. Always provocative. AIDS, he said, was God's punishment to homosexuals. Chuck Jock. September 11th, that was God's punishment too. Chuck Jock. America of abortionists, feminists, pagans, and gays. Chuck Jock. His targets range from terrorists to Teletubbies. First toting, lovably lavender Tinky Winky was an agent of the homosexual agenda. Chuck Jock. Be very careful. Despite the occasional colorful outburst, Falwell retreated from the secular world in his later years, dedicating himself to the once tiny church he turned into a multi-million dollar empire. Twenty million religious conservatives uh, to the polls nationally. Leaving politics to those who followed the road he paved. Candy Crowley, CNN, Washington. So this guy literally built a million-dollar empire mm-hmm. on spewing hate. For the most part, yeah. He wasn't, he, uh, he wasn't a decent guy is and, what you would consider. And because he works for a quote-unquote church. Well, he created it, basically. As opposed to a, I don't know, radio station. Mm-hmm. He gets to live out the entirety of his life into his very last days. As a rich, rich man. Doing whatever he wanted to do. He could go out and, uh, you know, get any kind of attention he wanted at any time. How will you remember Jerry Falwell? <laughs> I'd rather forget after listening to his resume. Let's go to Boggs Wayne Gacy on line two. I just wanted to say that uh, I really hope the more Christians start kicking the bucket and following his example. All right, let's not start hating on yeah, that. It's not, a, it's not an anti-Christian thing. I mean, most Christians uh, aren't like this. It just shows that all, all the worship in the world will not save you from death. It just makes you a human being nobody wants to be around. You know, that is kind of true, too, because as much as, quote-unquote, good you do on the earth, you're going to move on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, you know, you're not going to be here forever. But there's something you said about leaving it as best as possible. I mean, I don't think this guy thought what he was doing was hateful. I, I'm hateful against people that he thought were bad. Here's what I think about guys like this. Like mm-hmm. this guy, like a Rush Limbaugh, a Bill O'Reilly. I think they're running a bit. 
I, I really... Can't, I, I can't keep a straight face during a bit for more than 15 minutes. You're genetic you, Yeah, I know. How can they do it for uh, this many years? Money, dude. When you got that kind of thing going on, it's all about the amount of money that you can end up generating. Now, me personally, like I said, I've had problems, you know, dealing with my faith, and I certainly don't think I'm going to heaven because I'm just not buying into the whole thing. I've kind of come to grips with it lately. I think listening to the great Ron Bennington in that... Before I was here, I didn't know what went on. Like, I have no recollection of what happened before. So it's pretty much going to be the same thing after. I just There would just be nothing. You're just not going to be around anymore. That's it. That doesn't freak you out? I mean, I, I, I'm freaked out that I wasn't existing before I was alive, and I'm freaked out I'm not going to uh, exist afterwards. I want to I uh, know everything about before and after. And the great thing about before, I mean, we can just look back and see and kind of know. If I die tomorrow, I'm not going to find out what happens in Lost. And that really, really upsets me. Alright, I would like to be able to live to see the Dallas Mavericks win a championship. Exactly. I mean, it's there's, not there's different happen, things. But on the bright side, I will have no more of those epic collapses and failures. And death there alone will be worth it. Mixtape. A teacher was caught in a sex scandal over in Philly. Uh, he's 23 years old. Got caught because of a text message. He uh, had his phone out. He left it open. Some people caught on, and the text message said, Ha! I'm so going to hell, I can't believe I hooked up with two ninth graders. <laughs> so a, a teacher in Philly, uh, I guess, is hooking up with a couple uh, uh, ninth graders, and... The reason he's caught is because he doesn't know where the delete button is on his phone. So he's stupid enough in writing to say, I can't... On his own phone! I can't believe... Build a fake MySpace! Yeah, give him all the things that you do, Dubs, <laughs> to help get around all these rules and stuff. That society won't let you be who you are. A fake Yahoo name! Now, off the air, you were telling me, you know, 23 to uh, the ninth grade, was that 12? That's not too bad. Well, no, I'm 14. I, I'm saying... <laughs> It's nine years difference. People get married and everything with a nine-year difference. It's not that big of a gap. Yeah, it's okay if it's 32 to 23. Exactly. Actually, even then, it's kind of creepy when you think about it. I don't think it's too creepy if it's 32 to 23. It's a completely different thing. But it's not as creepy as some of these 50-year-olds. Well, I will say this. When you're 32, you're in a whole other phase of your life. Oh, definitely. Than you are whenever you're at the age of 23. 23, uh, some of you are graduating from college. You're looking at graduate school. You're looking to get your first gig. You're uh, incurring all this debt at the mm -hmm. age of 32. You're finally starting to come out of it. You're, uh, you're moving into your actual adult existence. You're getting out of that funk. What's interesting to me is that he was no better than a senior in high school. Remember when you were in high school and all the ninth grade freshman chicks always went for the juniors and seniors? That pissed me off so bad. When you came up into high school, and it was well known before that you were going to lose your best crop of girls. To the seniors. So I, in high school, when I became a freshman, I grabbed the middle school yearbook and I started scouting Stop. for when I'm going to be a senior. That's what? not a bad thing. I was only 14 at the time. So what, you're scouting the sixth grade pages? Yes, because so I knew that uh, these are going to be the girls that I'm going to have the best shot at Ironic when I'm a senior. Ironically, nothing has changed. Still you. I'm not looking at the sixth grade anymore. You're there with Jostens <laughs> trying to get your class ring and your uh, your goddamn yearbook there. A teacher caught in a sex scandal with ninth graders and text messages. I never was like that. Like, even when I was a junior and a senior... I knew looking at freshmen, it was like they looked, they just looked so much younger. They looked like middle school kids. They did look young, but the best part about them was they acted young, too. They, right. were, they were very admit uh, naive. Your, admit you're freak. What did you make your ex girlfriend used to do? I would make her put pigtails on every once in a while. See? Every once in a while. All this stuff is telling. It's not because I'm into kids, though. Let's pull this tape no. and let's isolate that and try to edit it back so I can present it in court. So, your whole thing is hey, guy. Not necessarily what you did. Don't be so stupid and get caught. Well, no. I, it, what he did was terrible. But the reason why he got caught was because he doesn't know how to delete. If I have anything on my phone that I don't want other people to see, I delete it. Mm -hmm. If there's a number on my phone that I don't want people to know who the number is, I make up a name from high school. Some dude that I used to hang out with. And I put his name in there instead. And then I know. Yeah, that's true. I know whenever I'm cheating on someone, uh, I'll never keep the, the... You make it sound so frequent. Well, I just want everyone to know. <laughs> Ladies, I don't want you to expect that somehow there's going to be monogamy. Uh, but I always, too, you always go through, it's erase all. And don't forget, not only the inbox, 
but also the, the outbox. outbox. Yeah, because there are two of them there, you know. So if you can somehow delete all, that's absolutely what you want to end up doing. Now you've cheated many times over. Yeah. Ever get caught? I know you didn't actually get caught. Caught any close calls? <laughs> all right. Well, this was this was stupid. Okay. All right. I was. Uh, Yes, I, let's say I was in a relationship where you won't say what kind. Okay. And uh, someone was out of town, my significant other, so I had someone come over, mm-hmm. and we did the nasty, however you could say it on the radio these days. In yours and your significant other's bed? No, on the floor. Okay. Like animals. Classy. You know, when it's early in the relationship and you still care. Please get some respect. And it's passionate <laughs> you know, on the dining room floor. Yeah. So things are done, and you have to throw away protection. Mm-hmm. I just threw it away in the overfold trash can in the kitchen and didn't even think anything of it. So then the significant other is coming back into town. I'm like, man, this place is a sty. I should clean it up. And I go to take out the trash, and I'm like, oh, my. Just staring me in the face is this Thank used God. prophylactic staring me in the face. And I'm like, wow, this could have been horrific if I had not decided to take out the trash and clean up before uh, someone got home. I never heard that one before. Well, That's I have, insane. I have a lot of how, stories you how, don't know. I, I am such a control freak over what information I allow out to people and everything. I would go through every little thing. And I, I don't even think I could, if I did cheat, go and do it in my own house. Now, I'm not above going somewhere else, doing it, and then washing myself off in a gas station bathroom. I think that is something much more classy well, you, and safe. You, you don't want to have a stench to you, so you go, you <laughs> grab a nice uh, garlic slice of pizza, so it's just oozing through Get you. Get the CK1 off you. This teacher is one specific thing, but we always kind of had teachers who did stuff that was creepy. I had one particular coach when I was in middle school and in high school. And the, the thing is with... Back in when we were in school, which wasn't that terribly long ago. I graduated high school in 96. So. Yeah, it, 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 it was much more difficult for these guys to get caught back then because computers were just coming around and everything. People didn't really know how to keep track of the emails and all that kind of stuff. Now, if you're a teacher, you better be very, very careful. Well, I had a coach in high school who would be, quote-unquote, hall monitor, mm-hmm. and he would literally grope girls as they walked by. It got so bad that girls would specifically take different routes to their locker because they knew if they went by Coach B's hall, they would get touched, like an inappropriate hug or even a pinch or something like that. I think everybody had that touchy-feely teacher because I had a math teacher in middle school who would actually just rub the girls' shoulders, would never touch the guys, so you knew it was sexual. If he was touching the guys and girls, it was just how he was. But just touching the girls, rubbing their shoulders while they're doing their math, their long division, everything. This was probably sixth grade. That guy was really creepy. The creepiest, though, was my wrestling coach. Back then, you don't really recognize these things as really creepy. Uh Uh-oh. But he would want to make sure that all of us showered. Because in wrestling, the mats get very dirty, and then uh, there's a large chance of ringworm and other kinds of funguses growing on you. So he wanted to make sure everybody was showering. So he would stand at the opening of the shower and watch everybody shower. Not only would he watch a shower, he would be only, only wearing a T-shirt. So he's just there. There's your coach. He's just there. He's a big bear man, too. He's he's, uh, very hairy, very furry. And he'd be standing in a wrestling T-shirt, too. This said Pride across it. What? <laughs> yeah, it was Follow Wrestling Pride. So it said Pride. Were your colors the rainbow colors? No, it was uh, purple and gold. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> way that's much more, uh, more no. shape. Straight right there. So he would be uh, wearing a Pride T-shirt. Uh, everything underneath the waist, completely exposed, watching a shower. Actually, my cousin... Uh, he did something, you know, probably pretty stupid in the locker room, got in trouble, and the coach was just yelling at him while wearing nothing but a T-shirt. Oh, my. Wow. Now, you have a thing, too, real fast. we got the calls to lighten up. So and this is probably where this uh, theory stems from as well. 866-313-FREE. You've told me before, okay, what's gayer? Yeah, th- I, I used to think a guy wearing nothing but a T-shirt may be the gayest sight ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that. Or a guy walking around in, like, a uh, bikini brief pulled to the side. (laughs) 
I don't know. <laughs> Where do you come up with this? Where do you? I don't know. I, I just sit at home think of these things every once in a while. Why? So what? What could be a little bit gayer there? Just a guy. All right, I don't. I don't necessarily want to take phone calls on that. <laughs> I, no, I'm just asking you. I, I can't. I got overload. Can't process that. No, I'd, I'd rather not. I would rather cleanse my palate. Hideout with LFA and J Dubs. Mixtape. Hideout with LFA and J Dubs. Mixtape. No karaoke singing and no dancing. Sounds like the movie Footloose, and it could happen in one central Kentucky city. There's a proposal in Danville to ban karaoke, dancing, and pool in all restaurants. Ray Charles spent the day in Boyle County to find out... This lady is trying so hard to get rid of the accent, but it's not happening for her. There's a proposal in Danville to ban karaoke, dancing, and pool in all <laughs> restaurants. Ray Charles spent the day in Boyle County to find out why and what folks there think about it. The city of Danville is looking at a proposal that's raising some eyebrows and creating some tension. It includes banning karaoke. We're proposing that we not allow that in restaurants, that or the pool tables or the dancing. You know, it, it just it sounds like minorities, you know? What? It, it sounds like they, with that accent, they should be just be saying minorities. Oh, so you substitute karaoke for minorities? Yeah, it sounds like uh, that's what they're, they're leaning towards here. Right. You know, maybe if we do this, we can get rid of a few of them. Includes banning karaoke. We're proposing that we not allow that in restaurants, that or the pool tables. <laughs> oh we're told the issue is that when you have karaoke and dancing at an establishment, it creates a big crowd, a more of a bar-type atmosphere, which the city doesn't want. But here at Reno's Roadhouse, they have karaoke six nights a week. So they're obviously not very happy with the idea. You know, around 8.30, 9 o'clock in Danville, there's not a lot of things to do. Um, so I was just trying to keep food and things flowing for my, for my employees and for myself to generate income. Well, I mean, what are we living in, the Middle Ages? I mean, you know, people go out and want to have a good time karaoke. There's nothing wrong with that. And what's wrong with dancing? We've been dancing for thousands of years. Why, why should we not be able to dance? That, that's just crazy. In Danville, Renee Charles, WKYT, 27 News First. It's 1986 for these people. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here that's kind of like the 80s. Uh, In Kentucky, this Kentucky town? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they have a college here, the uh, Athletes came in, took over the freshman dorm, so all the freshmen had to go sleep in the auditorium mm -hmm. until they found other places to live. And then they, they finally got out of there and everything, started their own fraternities up. These athletes wouldn't butt up on these guys. I think they're the Trilams. Any of those Revenge of the Nerds that you're talking about? You're right, though. They do seem like they're stuck in this time warp where they're literally 20 years behind any major city in the same country. Actually, at the same college, this millionaire businessman uh, got dumped by his wife, found her cheating, uh, decided he's going to go spend some more time. And this is a with, new story. Yeah, with his son, uh, and bought a hall for the college so they would let him in. Uh, terrific swimmer too. Uh, he joined the swim team and actually ended up helping out the swim team. Did a triple Lindy and they won everything. I think it was back to school. I don't know if that's a news story. I think it was back to school starring Rodney Dangerfield. I know the town seems like it's footloose, but I couldn't imagine that these other scenarios are happening. And when we were listening to that audio, they sounded very country. But there's some smart people there. There are actually a couple guys. Uh, they put bras in their head and they created a woman Stop on their computer. It. Okay, that's weird science. I know that one for a fact. It's just, it, it's funny to me how we sometimes here in America can look at other countries and be like, man, look, they're, they're not evolved. You know what I mean? They're still living in dirt tents. But if you're in the United States of America and you're having debate as to whether or not you should be dancing uh, in your local pub, then you, too, are no better than any of those third world countries. Here's why they aren't doing the dancing anymore or they don't want to do the dancing anymore. There's a problem with even male prostitution there. I read a story because I read up on this thing. There was a whole thing with a pizza guy who anytime they would order Anchovy pizzas. That's Loverboy. That's Loverboy Lover starring Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> Again, it seems funny because of the fact that, you know, it's a, it is a footloose scenario that is completely coming to play. I don't think that any of these quote-unquote news stories that you got from Dansville, Kentucky, are also true. Well, there was one guy from Dansville. He moved over there to Dansville for the first time. He's just trying to make some friends. Met a girl. 
and this whole gang of Cobra Kai. Stop it. Stop it already. <laughs> That's Karate Kid. Now you're not even trying. Now you're not even trying to make <laughs> up these kid, news stories. Even one of the Cobra Kai's yelled, oh. put him in a body bag, Johnny! A body bag! You're not even trying anymore. Hotel reservation. There's going to be a whole floor at the JW Marriott in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that is just for women. The hotel lounge will also be reserved for women only when it opens in this upcoming September. The spokesperson says that nearly half of the business travelers are women, and so they want women to be able to relax over a drink without being hit on guys. Do we really bother women that much? I don't think we're that overbearing. And most businesswomen, I mean, I'm not saying all of them, I'm sure there's a few cute ones out there, but most of them, they're in the pantsuit, they aren't looking that good. I like that look. That's actually a look that I dig, so... You'd rather have them in a nice Armani and have them have a penis as well. It is funny, though, how women feel, I I need a whole separate area, I can't be bothered by guys, uh, they're always looking at me, they're always, you know, fawning all over me. Just say no! Just say, get away from me, douche! I don't want you around me. And they'll walk away. Yeah, but then you know how guys get. Guys get all defensive. They're like, well, you ain't that pretty anyway. Fine. Say, okay. Good. But a lot of girls, they can't end up handling that. They don't even want to have that hassle of getting hit on like that. Have you noticed, though, we're kind of moving toward this new acceptability of segregation? Because now it's a woman, an all-woman's floor, but you look at these different workout facilities like a Curves where it's for women only. Or a lot of times you go to a gym and there's a women-only section because of the same kind of situation where they don't want to be gawked at. Come on. Let's look at a little bit of ass right there. But You're on that uh, elliptical. I want to see those hammies. But but they don't want to be on display constantly. Stretch it. But don't you find that interesting, though, that we're now all of a sudden it's okay to start separating the boys and the girls? and Interesting, yes, and good. In this country, we like to call it the melting pot. The melting pot is we're bubbling over. Everybody's pissed off at everybody. We should do something like, you know, like uh, what we want to do in Iraq and kind of just split it up. Obviously, it's not working. Everybody's pissed off at everybody for something that someone else says or something else someone else does that offends them or that we are hitting on them too much. Everybody just go over here. You go over there. Break it up. So you're now thinking, all right, it's time to separate the races. It's time to separate the sexes. I think it might not be that bad of an idea. I, uh, I'm i not bothered by any uh, race or sex, but I think it actually... Right, now you want to separate the show. Now let's have one show for those. We'll do, it. We'll do it on ISDN. We'll talk. <laughs> I just don't want to look at you anymore. You don't want to be in the same studio. All right, that is an interesting thought of we tried the desegregation... It's not working. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thought, but it's an interesting thought on your behalf. What makes you think that the whole desegregation thing isn't working? I mean, you, you look at a city pissed. like New York. Well, of course, everybody's pissed, but you don't think that you get a whole bunch of white people together. They're not going to be angry oh, at each other. We'd just be high-fiving all the time. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I know if all the, the, chest bump. all the Latinos got together, you would still then kind of separate out in your factions of Puerto Rican and Cuban and Latino, you know, Mexican, uh, blacks. Do the same thing between light-skinned blacks and dark-skinned black. It happens. That would be fine. You know, do what you guys got to do. You guys have to deal with some stuff. We have to deal with bad sports on our little Stop island. See, our now, island would blow for sports. Now you're trying to be a shock no, jock over there. 866-313-FREE. All this is kind of coming about, too, with this niche marketing. You know, it's like, all right, we're only going to cater to this person. We're only going to cater to this person. And... Are you think guys are going to get upset about this, that for some reason they can't end up on the 17th or 19th floor or whatever it is of this Marriott? I think there's going to be a whole booze and buddies thing where they, <laughs> where you're going to have a few dudes dressed in drag go on up there and uh, get lucky. The women-only rooms have uh, specific amenities like special hair dryers, bath products, jewelry holders, things like that. I'm sure they're even going to get their own special cable so there's no sports center, no spike TV, just a constant loop of, like, Grey's Anatomy. And tampon commercials over and over again, them plugging their uh, canoe with a tampon and everybody giggling. Oh, look at the special rooms. They come with a complimentary cat. And here you go. You're a woman business traveler. I'm sure you're lonely enough. Here's your complimentary uh, kitten to keep you company while you're here during your stay. Now, the only way I support this, if the whole 19th floor is just kitchens. 
So that's the only room. That's yeah, that's your, that's your room. Enjoy the woman's room. Right. Here's your women-only room. Kitchens on this side of the hall. Laundry rooms on that side of the hall. Here's what it is. And uh, congratulations. This is what you're doing if you're women-only. I do find it fascinating, even when it comes down to the niche marketing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As guys... You can't walk into a Curves and get mad because they don't have free weights. You know what I mean? I think you could if you wanted to work out at one of these women-only facilities because they can't keep you out of them. Mm. You know, I don't think that's actually legal. But you couldn't walk in there and be like, hey, wait a second. Where are the free weights? You know, I want to well, do, yeah, I mean, the- do my deadlifts. Yeah, I mean, you you know what you're signing up for when you go in there. If you do want to work out there, they tell you what they provide and what they don't provide, so you can't get pissed off when they don't provide something for you. Why is it that same thing doesn't apply when it comes to, like, radio stations? Women, go to Fresh. You know, go listen to that. But don't come over here and start getting all upset because Dubs is talking about the women's only rooms should be all kitchens. And there's no beds. The tile's beautiful. You'll love it. I'm surprised where we don't kind of equate that to, like, radio stations. But television stations, you know Spike TVs for dudes. and There are going to be things on there that chicks don't dig. Yet you don't see us as guys going off and complaining about uh, Lifetime. our oxygen. It doesn't happen. Let's go to Tracy on line two. You guys mentioned about the women's only gym. Mm-hmm. I want yeah, to find a personal trainer at a, a women's only gym, and I love that there are no guys there. I get to be crazy. I get to squat the woman, make them do some crazy moves. Sounds And hot. they know it's just their friend looking up their... Now you're going to get me in trouble because I'm going to be uh, sneaking into one of these things, running a nice batch for myself. <laughs> yeah, I want to. You know what? Get online. There. Get online. Everybody wants to. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tracy. Appreciate it, sweetie. While we're on the beach right now, I'm working at a gym, and it's an all-guys gym called the Blitz, and it's kind of like a curse for guys with like punching bags and stuff. The thing about it, though. It's good because, all right, you know, it's buddies. We're kind of joking around, you know, stuff like that. Mm. It's also good because it's keeping me faithful because there are no girls there. Maybe that's a positive aspect of it. The other thing is I noticed the guys do not work out as hard because there aren't any girls there to impress. Yeah, when girls are around and you're just kind of going through the motions, you aren't going to pick them up. But if you're maxing out on every rep, yeah, you, you're going to impress a few chicks and maybe take one home. Lou, you're next with Hefe and Dubs. Talking about the women's only floor at the new uh, Marriott. When I go to the gym, I want to work out. When this lady goes on a business trip, she's on a business trip. She's not trying to get guys. She doesn't want guys to get her. Now, if we go to the bar next to the gym after working out, hey, I noticed you working out, you know. That's great. So for you, it's about separating business from pleasure. That's the whole kind of aspect of it. Either that, or it's about turning it into a caste system. It's, you know, these women who are on business trips, they think most of us guys blow for them. You know what I mean? No, I got you that, too. Yeah, because they're Cause they're know, thinking about the, they're thinking about the glass ceiling. They don't want to be you know they don't want to be picked up by just any guy. They want to be picked up by a guy that they meet at the board meeting that they went to the that they went out of town for. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Thank you for the phone call, Lou. That's an interesting perspective on it too. I don't know if all of them are looking to sleep their way to the top though. <laughs> Why not? I would. Oh, uh, without that's a diff- doubt. But that's the thing. We get we get it like as guys we try to think as women and we can't. There's no. just no you know you can't do it. It's not possible. I'd get confused. I wouldn't make it past my midsection. You know, if I was a guy thinking if I was a girl, I'm like, oh, look, boobs. I wonder what these do. And they just sit there and play. Jared on line three, you're next with Hefe and Dubs. Hey, guys, I was just wondering, if one of these women at the women's only floor hooks up with a guy, is there like a hall monitor that'll stop him from coming over to her room? <laughs> it is. It's high school. It's yeah. middle school all it, over it's again. It's summer camp. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? I forgot about some. All right, it's summer camp, Dubs, and thanks for the phone call, Jared. No did, did you guys have, uh, like, were separated? Yeah, there, there were guy and girl cabins where, uh, you know, like, we had, like, and the girl cabins were sweet. We had these just old rickety wooden ones that air was blowing through them like crazy. The girls' ones, they were completely drywalled, everything going on in there. And we would actually sneak over there, and no one really made a fuss about it. I just, I, it's funny how segregation is making its way back through niche marketing. And it's cool, because it's part of the niche marketing. It's okay, especially when it comes to sex. The Hideout. LFA and J-Dubs. I'm so sick of her, but you can't help but talk about this Anna Nicole Smith thing. Mm-hmm. And the latest is that her personal diary purchased... 
from a memorabilia shop, a group of investors who then sold it to a German businessman. Dirk. That's what he did with his MVP money. Right there, about the end of Nicole Diaries. For about half a million dollars. Oh, why? How are you going to get a return on that? I can buy a batch book anywhere. On the diary, on the inside cover, it says, don't read personal. <laughs> That's a nice uh, security system you have on that, Nicole. Obviously, mistake number one. Uh, you got a label of something boring like eighth grade chemistry notes. You know what I mean? Something yeah. that no one's ever going to go through and look at. Just a few of the highlights in this. One of the most poignant passages of Anna Nicole's diary was her finding out that she was pregnant. I am so scared. How can this happen to me? Adding that her boyfriend will hate me. He don't want kid. <laughs> Can't do it. You don't want kid? That's what it says. Here's what this man did. He paid... Half a million dollars for a blog. This is a diary that she kept, a lot of it from the 90s. Do you think he wanted to grade it? If you think he has this whole thing, you know, all right, I give this whole thing a C-. minus. That's my half million worth. What's amazing to me is that people now put this stuff, mm -hmm. with this kind of spelling errors and lack of punctuation, they put this up for the whole world to see. Without a doubt. On the uh, Internet, if you think about it. Anna Nicole Smith dies. Mm -hmm. Never really occurs to her that anyone's going to find this. Yeah, when you're when you're doing these kind of things and you have these possessions, you don't think of your death day. And people are going to be rooting through your stuff when you're dead. And what are they going to find? And who are you going to be to them when they're looking through your bins of uh, crap? All right, what do you fear people finding whenever you pass on? Porn. Well, and, everybody uh, has porn, I know, though. but uh, from our radio days, we get a very eclectic selection of porn from these freaks that come around and just hand it out to us. So I have midget stuff. I have some very disgusting objects. It's, <laughs> I, and most of them haven't even been opened yet. But some of them, out of curiosity, I have. And uh, I, I can't watch the midget ones because I lost my big screen. That's my big thing of, you know, someone's going to find this and they're just going to shake their heads. What would you not want people finding? Uh, this tying into number two, Anna Nicole Smith's diary selling for half a million dollars. For me, it's my memory bin. I have about four of them, and they're spread out throughout the country. And one, You have four memory bins. Yeah. I got a lot of memories. I'm a pack rat. I keep stuff. Where are they? You got these on the four corners of the earth, and, like, is it the Triforce, and when we put it all together, uh, you know, the princess will be saved? It's this really odd thing of, like, the one that I fear the most is the one that's in my mom's house in Texas. And I hope to God people haven't gone through it. Why do you keep it? When are you going to go through it again? What, uh, what when is... I'm old. What if I get Alzheimer's? i got to piece my life together. No, you don't. Here's... Start a new one. Here's Be a what... man. Here's what I got in these memory bins. Maybe this time you can start a good one. I got old love letters, rough drafts that I would write to a girl when I was in high school and... She just wanted to be friends. She wasn't interested in that way, but she wanted to be friends. Why? Okay, this isn't a memory bin. It's a disappointment bin. There's nothing good in your memory bin. Why would you keep rejections in your memory bin? I can see conquests. Well, well the thing is, because I wanted it to be so perfect, if I screwed up anything in the handwriting, I'd have to start all over again because I wanted it to be neat. This is before the days of computers, back in 1995. Now... What was in this? Like, uh, like, give me a little taste of what you'd write this woman. Was it the check yes or no type letter, or was it? Like, no, it was uh, basically uh, me me selling myself and our potential relationship and why it would be so great. I don't want to go into it now. It's too I, I just need a little bit. I, was, were there poems? No, they weren't poems. They were just more about... Just an essay to you. You know, we we get along so great already. You know, well, let's take it to that. I can't talk about this. It's so douche chill. Burn them. Uh, uh, the other thing that I have in my memory bins, uh, the very first condom I ever used. Not the wrapper? No, the actual condom in a little baggie. And, again, I saved it because... One day you don't know if there's going to be a very big shortage on wacky wall climbers, and you need to break that thing out. One day, when I get older, you know, and I want to look back on life, I want to look at this you piece never, of memorabilia. You'll never want to look at that. It's like a, it's a little museum to me. And I got my old dreadlocks, too. So I do have uh, an old stinky and dreadlocks. An old goatee. So that's all the you stuff. You have hair dolls, old condoms, and rejected love letters. Dude, think about it, though. I might get Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to piece my life back together again. Imagine that, though. Like, imagine the fun of trying to do that. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, I uh, 
I think I may have scalped someone and then raped them with a green rubber. <laughs> what the hell did I do? Did you see the anger apparently over a church advertisement that puts Jesus's face on a beer glass? What's wrong with that? Christians aren't allowed to drink? I guess that's part of the thing. They wanted to create a thought-provoking debate amongst young people about how and where to find God. According to the <laughs> In church. the bottom of a bottle? Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is a new, though. Like, there's ideas out there for Jesus beer. Had you heard about this? No. Jesus beer, and they're looking for slogans. Release the sin when you break the seal. Jesus beer. Sounds good. Crack into a nice burning bush. It's not a bad idea. Dick in the 407. Jesus beer. This blood's for you. <laughs> if they are looking for a slogan... That's actually a perfect one. Matt in the 321. What do you got, Matt? Hey, how about nine-inch ale? <laughs> Jesus beer, your nine-inch ale. Winner. Hold, hold on a second. You're a winner. I think uh, Dave in the 407 might have one. Yeah, for the uh, carb-conscious person, you have the uh, See the Light beer. <laughs> Jesus beer, See the Light beer. Are you ready? Hey, did I ever tell you about the time that I, I tongue-kissed my mom? No. <laughs> you, you, you never, didn't, did you? You've never done that, right? No, I've never tongue-kissed my mom. Me either. <laughs> what? Don't Did you really? Maybe I should have saved that for the game we were going to play next week when the boys get back. <laughs> All right, hideout or hogwash? Did a hideout member tongue kiss his mom? Is that hideout or hogwash? More specifically, did Hefe? Everybody saying Hefe. All right, yeah. You tongue kissed your mom? No, I tried to. What do you mean you tried to? <laughs> What do you mean he tried to? I, I that even that's even worse to me than actually doing it. Getting turned down with a tongue kiss by your mom is worse than actually doing it. Have I never talked about this on the no. air? Nor should you start. All right, then I won't. No, you got to now. Uh, you said it's inappropriate for the show. So no, I'm not it's gonna. completely appropriate for this show. It's inappropriate for the radio, though. So it's appropriate for the radio. It's appropriate for this show. Oh, okay. I don't remember how old I was. I think I was like 19. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was like eight. I was like eight. Okay. And and look at you. And my mom. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever kissed your mom on the mouth? No. I've seen a friend do that before, and I I couldn't be friends with them after that. Daryl Concien. I could not be friends with them after I saw him and his mom kiss each other on the mouth, and I said, "What the hell was that?" He's like, don't kiss your mom. I said, not in the mouth. And I didn't talk to him after that. I, I can't be alone. I can't be. All right, first of all, take away the French kiss thing. Mm. <laughs> but, like, there have been other people that have kissed their moms on the mouth. Like a little peck. Yeah. Like. No, you can't do it in the mouth, though. But, cheek. but you've seen that. Though. Yeah, I've seen it. So I'm not alone in that. No. Okay. But you're weird with that. You're, you're, you're not alone in your weirdness. Uh, if you can back me up, 800-636-1067, or Hideout Radio on the Instant Messenger. No one's going to back you up on tongue kissing. No, 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 I'm just talking about the regular kiss. It's still weird. So I was like eight, I was like eight or nine, you know? Mm. And I was beginning to get interest in girls, and I was curious. So my mom came up, you know, it was one of those I love you, she came up to give me a kiss. And I stuck my tongue out. What did you do? Well, first of all, we didn't really kiss, tongue kiss. But you tried. She knew what you were doing. She took a step back in horror. And she didn't even have to say anything like I knew I had done something wrong. Yeah. Did you just feel that warm? Like, do you feel the embarrassment that I'm feeling for you right now? Not really. You didn't at that point? Well, no, I knew then like it was wrong. Okay, I might be lying. I might have been like 15. <laughs> You couldn't have been 15. You had to know at that point you don't kiss your mom. Whatever it was, it was a confusing time in my life. <laughs> it was college. 
So when I was in Houston a couple weekends ago, <laughs> visiting my mother. Yeah, man, that kind of stuff just happens, though. It was ve- I I remember the look on her face, and she was shocked. I bet. I'm shocked. I'm sitting right here. I, I've admitted to terrible things in my life. But I don't think any of them amount to that even put together. But I know I'm not a, like this has happened to other people though. I know it has. No, no, I, and I know it has because I've, I've heard stories. I mean, you do it's you don't mean to. It's an accident. You meant to. Yeah, you, but you didn't know what you weren't doing it with like intention. You almost wanted to learn because yeah. like some people they do that with their guy friends. You know, you've heard of that. You've never heard of guy friends who have. Like, all right, let's practice kissing on each other. No! Well, me either, then. <laughs> I've never, ever, ever heard of that. That happens. Does it? Yes, it absolutely does. Then why isn't anybody stepping up? Because they, they are not as... Usually, um, I, I am here, I have all these little exclamation points of people wanting to chime in. Blank! Because none of them are as open or honest as me. I'm in the hideout. I'm using a fake name. Okay. I'm going by Hefe. It's not my real God-given name. And I just told you something real. And I guarantee someone listening right now is like, oh, man, I did that too. Or I've done that. It's nothing to be ashamed about. You're just trying to figure stuff out. I, I just can't imagine. You're going through your quarter-life crisis. You know, I, I could... I could I could understand a cousin or even a sister. Mm-hmm. I could understand that at that age. Mm-hmm. But the mom, that's something that's been, I don't know, nurturing you through. You, you should have that known boundary right there. But you would figure, like, that's the safe place. You know what I mean? Like, if anyone's going to, I mean, she taught you certain things, like how to go to the bathroom and clean up and how to make your bed. It's almost natural that mm-hmm. she would teach you how to kiss. <laughs> it's not natural. Let's go to Matt in line one. Back Matt, me, you're in the hideout. Back me up. No, well, not really. <laughs> uh, about 16, made this high school football team. Come home, tell my mom. She's excited. She goes to give me a hug and a kiss. I turn my head the wrong way. She turns her head the wrong way. We touch lips. I lean back. I go, ew. I said, that's not nice to say. I said, you're my mom. I just kissed you on the lips. That's disgusting. Couldn't look at her. And Hefe, if you try to justify it, there's something more to it. You're nasty. What you're really doing is you're trying to bury some feelings or trying to coyly come out and say, I make that with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for the phone call. I'll beat it. Agreed. I did not make out with my mother. (laughs) He's tried. He's attempted it. It is on the instant messenger. You tried to tongue kiss her and she doesn't believe that you were molested? That's true. Yeah. I was molested by a fat chick. Does Maybe. your mom remember you trying to tongue kiss her? I don't know. <laughs> you want me to call her? Yeah. You can just call her on your cell phone and just say, Hey, Ma, you remember when I tried to tongue kiss you? <laughs> oh, Jesus, I know man. she doesn't It'll be a whole ordeal trying to get her on the line here. Yeah, I got to go get uh, my phone from the other room. You want to carry yeah, the conversation yeah, for a Yeah, I, I have a few people I can read off of here. Hefe's <laughs> going to the other room to get his uh, mom's phone number because apparently when he was eight or nine he says he was wondering what it was like to kiss a girl with tongue so when his mom mom came up to him to give him a good night kiss he tried to slip tongue in it and uh now he's calling her to see if she remembers the time he tried to slip her some tongue that's gonna be really like why are you making me call her? I'm not doing it on the air. You can you can just do it all off the air. Say, hey, Mom, we aren't on the air. You remember what I tried to tell you? Ma. Hey, I'm on the radio, but you're not. Okay, I'm just calling you with my cell phone. I got a question. She said, okay, thank you. I got a question. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. No, I can't do this. I can't ask her. You got to ask her. Want me to ask her for you? No, I'll ask okay. her. Ma, do you remember... I don't remember how old I was, but do you remember that one time when we 
when you you like gave me a kiss on the lips and I accidentally sucked my tongue out. Accidentally? No, there's no accident. You don't remember that? All right, she says it never happened, so it didn't. Sure. She says you also you weren't molested. All right, you're not on the air, so no one's hearing you be mean to me. <laughs> no one's hearing you running your bit. Mm. All right, well, you're not on the radio. I'd have to tell you. All right, Ma, well, I just wanted to know if you remembered that or not. Because it just... it. You've never kissed me on the lips? We have. We have. <laughs> no, you have. We did. I <laughs> know you didn't give me tongue. I, I, I stuck my tongue out. Like, oh, go- I'm glad that people at the grocery store are getting a kick out of you yelling it throughout the aisleway. No one said for you to yell it at the grocery <laughs> store. You don't remember that? And she hung up. Let's go to line two, Dave. She hung up. <laughs> Dave, you're in the hideout on WJFK. What's up? Out line two dropped. Let's go to line three. The pizza guy. Yo. Yo. What's up, man? You're on the air. What's going on, guys? You know, you talk about trying to slip your mom some tongue, yet you guys sat there four years ago and tried to make fun of me for thinking my stepsister was hot. <laughs> I, but, but, dude, you're that's creepy. That's Will. That's creepy, Will the Pizza Guy. I'm sorry, man. That's creepy. Thank you for the phone call. I'm telling you. Good to hear from you again. <laughs> Talk about holding a grudge. Yeah. Remember four years ago when you said I was dumb? It was creepy when you find your stepsister hot. Yeah, so I, my mom was with Peanut, my cousin. Hot. No, leave that alone. Love her. And she's she's at the grocery store and she's yelling, I did not kiss you on the lips. I did not tongue kiss you. You're my son. <laughs> then good, it didn't happen. <laughs> it did happen. No, you it know didn't. it did. It didn't. I know it's happened to people, though. I know it happened and she doesn't <laughs> want to admit it. And I'm okay with that. You know, you were pissed that she didn't, that she was... Because I know it did happen. Like, if I had gotten her on... I'm glad I called her off the air because she, she would have ruined it. Because I know it happened. All right, but I don't kiss my dad because that's gay. Right. I, I can't even tell him I love him. And it's Father's Day tomorrow. You got to tell him you love him. You know, that would be more awkward than me asking my mom that if I slipped her the tongue, if I had to get my dad on the air and tell him I love him. Can I do that? No, because it's something... No, 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 no. It's something that guys just don't do. You tell your dad you love him. I tell my dad I love him at the end of every conversation. It's a way to say goodbye. You know, you don't That's do it. That's what you do with your mom, though, or like your chick. <clears throat> you know, people you want to make out with. People are commenting on how odd your whole family situation is with your mom because she mentally blocks out things. She d- she does. She doesn't remember anything that would be in- anywhere near inappropriate. My mom yeah. ain't down with. She has no, like, she refuses to believe that I was molested by a fat chick. Refuses to believe it. It's true. I even kind of went into some details when I was home, because we were all sitting around drinking. Mm. And, like, she wanted some details, like, you know, how it would happen. Not, like, what I would do, but, like, the situation in which it would happen. And she was like, no way. There's no way that ever happened. And I'm like, the girl was fat. I remember. I remember those boobs. Like, I can so see them now. She was completely nude, molesting you, no, and then you tongue-kissed your mom. Uh, how big of a gap was there in between that? Was it was that a whole, like, almost a mesh of kind of um, experimentation that you're trying to go no, through at a young stop age? stop it, no. When I got molested, I was probably like eight. That's when you said you tried to tongue-kiss your mom was eight. No, because I was like 17 when that happened. <laughs> That's my graduation present. Some kids get a car, you got a tongue. Dude, if Arab dudes can kiss the, each other on the mouth, then this is fine. This is society's norms trying to tell you who you have to be. I don't believe in that. I can be who I want to be. Uh, no, no one's stopping you. All right, what's the most... I'm afraid to ask you this, because uh. now I'm sitting here thinking about it. What's the most inappropriate thing you've ever done with a family member? I don't think I've done anything with it. I don't. I don't like family. I really don't. Um, 
Hmm. Do you think people think less of me now after I told that story? Yeah. That's the nature of telling people you tongue-kissed your mom. People I tried to. Think... <laughs> I, did, I wasn't successful. <laughs> Trust me, your, your explanation of just trying to... Right. It doesn't help you out at all. It actually makes it worse. Um, just admit to full-fledged doing it. And you had your hand on her ass, too. Stop. All right, enough. Hefe and Dubs in the hideout, 106.7 WJFK. Now, do you hug her up around the shoulder area or the waist? I don't really hug her anymore. And big? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my mom, she's gotten so big now. She really has. Almost to the point of the woman who molested me. <laughs> And a really odd, strange twist of irony. You know who I'd like to kiss? Who? Your mom. Why? Like taste of cigarettes? I've always of won- Capri 120s? I've always wondered. I've always just had dreams of making out with an ashtray. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, then you'd love my mom. An <laughs> ashtray and uh, suntan lotion. You know what? I'll just go home and simulate it. By putting an ashtray in the middle of my baseball mitt with your mom's leathery face. I'm sorry. I just had to deflect for a minute because I really feel like, wow, I've admitted something that I shouldn't have. Yeah. And I can't believe, I can't believe that after all this time. I know that one. I have not shared that one with you. You get a gem every day. <laughs> but I've told you, like, I can't run a batch to anyone that looks like my mom in porn. I've specifically thrown out some porn. Well, you, you can't do it about family members, period, if it, even if it resembles, like, a cousin. That's why I don't like Latin chicks. I don't like Latin chicks because they remind me of cousins, so I can't get into that. I love them. Bring your cousins my way. I had a great porn that, for whatever reason, one day the chick in it looked like my mom. Because my mom used to run around naked oh. when I was a kid. She used to run around naked. But this is when she was skinny before she had my little brothers. I'm talking like in the 80s. She would run around naked around the house, which I think is kind of scarring. Did your mom do that? Um, uh, Yeah, I got, uh, my mom and my sister got plenty of uh, full frontals, and they weren't big with the trimmers. No, no, no. Um, what was the 80s for yeah. me? So my mom wasn't on it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. But I just got a real bad mental picture. So there's that situation. It, the worst thing is, it would always be right, and my mom and my sister aren't small ladies. And it would be right after they got out of the shower. So yeah, 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 yeah. It was like uh, an otter getting out of a <laughs> river. It was disgusting. <laughs> like you just took your dog to the dog beach. Yeah. And actually, for some reason, it independently shake off and waggle its tail. And you knew that bitch could bark. Yeah. You heard it. So, But, yeah, moms, they do that, though. And they don't think about their sons and, like, what their sons are going through. Well, my mom would leave op- the, the trash can completely open with whatever was going on that month. It was, it was disgusting. What about with your dad? My dad moved out when I was about nine. Did you ever shower with your dad? No. Me neither. You did. You did. You you always shower with your dad. No. My mom. Until like the age of like two or three. My mom taught me how to shower. She she was fully clothed and she was on the outside of the shower. And she would just kind of direct me. Say, hey, grab the washcloth, rub it there. Right. All right, let me ask you this. Tef and Dubs in the Hideout, 106.7 WJFK. Did you ever take a bath with your male cousins? No. Me neither. Um, but I I was in a waiting pool with Bicarious BJ, my cousin. Mm-hmm. And he tried to take a blade of grass and... No, all right, I don't want to know. I don't yeah. know. I just saw what you did. So b- basically a catheter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> such an ass. I didn't do it. He didn't try to do it to himself? Yeah. Oh, boy. Because I also, I, I used to, uh, I used to bathe with my cousin Sam when we were kids, growing up. But we had to keep our underwear on. Mm-hmm. 
and then you would get out when you were when it was time to clean those parts. Man, I had a messed up childhood when I stop and I think about it. Did you guys have instead of nap time, dry hump time? No, 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 no. Because there was there was just odd stuff going on there. But again, I can't be alone in that. There's no way. This other is pe- it a Latin thing? I would think brother, because we were like brothers, though, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I think brothers would probably bathe with each other when you're growing up, like four or five. Water conver- con- uh, con- <laughs> Wow, uh, conservation is not a huge thing it was, in America. It was West Texas, though. Eh. I think back for you, for you when you were growing up, you never do, you never did any of this. I did some weird stuff, but it was alone. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Can I you say this on the air? Yeah. Right. I didn't know. I was about 13, 14. And you know what you discover about yourself when you're 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. You discover the world of adult movies and what you use them for. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know. You take a towel and wipe it over your body afterwards. Stop. Okay. So I just go to school. <laughs> Stop it. There's no way. Yeah. This only happened like four or five times of me walking around like I had dry potato flakes on okay. my Okay. Wow, brother. Yeah. You're the weird one. Why am I the That's weird one? That's creepy. It's dirty. That's creepy. Ironically... I know you, and you are bathing right now every other day, so you probably got the exact same situation going on. No, 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 no. The exact same situation going on right now. 800-636-1067. Don't judge me. I, I sat here and I poured my heart out to you. I admitted a couple of things I never really wanted. Honestly, I don't, I'm not ashamed. I had I, I, I buried them. And for whatever reason, they came unlocked sure. and talked about them tonight in the hideout on 106.7 WJFK. The hideout. With LFA and J-Dubs. <laughs> Mixtape. Hideout. I, 5,000. And I'm Audi, 5,000.